Hello everybody and welcome back to the Peak A-League podcast for another week. I'm your host Gerald and uh, we've had a really big opening weekend in the A-League. Plenty of big results, uh, some big crowds in there as well and we've got a lot to get through today. Starting off uh, on Sunday night, I asked everyone on Twitter for their biggest Peak A-League moment of the week and there was a lot of responses, uh, but the biggest one and the one that takes the cake this week is Campbelltown Stadium not being ready for a game and they have to move MacArthur and Wellington Phoenix's opening match to McDonald Jones Stadium as a bit of a double header in some extremely terrible weather uh, in Newcastle. So, I mean, I just don't understand how a professional sports club can allow something like that to happen. I mean, MacArthur doesn't own the stadium, but you'd think at some point leading up, in the weeks leading up, they would have been in there looking at the stadium, making sure everything was okay. Um, I thought Campbelltown Stadium would have had like a full-time groundsman or something, someone that was monitoring it. Um, you know, th- these things can happen. And if they announced this a couple of weeks ago, it's probably like not a, a big issue. It's just like, yeah, that can happen. But the fact that we found this out on Friday and they moved the game three hours away uh, is really laughable. And, and obviously, MacArthur have already had some nightmares throughout this offseason. And this is absolutely peak A-League from the league's newest club. And uh, yeah, they didn't have any of their fans there on a very rainy Sunday night and they didn't get the result they wanted, and a lot of that probably has to be put on the fact that they didn't get to play it at home. Um, some of the other honourable mentions, though, from this week we'll go through. There was a couple of big moments at halftime shows on the weekend. Uh, Saturday night at Combank Stadium in the Sydney Derby, there was a, a penalty shootout, it looked like, between SpongeBob and Patrick, uh, all as a bit of an advertisement for Paramount+. Plus. I mean, it reminds me of, like, the Star Wars round and all that sort of stuff, um, which I think is good. A little bit laughable, but, yeah, not bad. Uh, also at a halftime show at GMHBA Stadium, Western United runs this competition where they uh, have a fan kick the ball from halfway and try and win $1,000 if they kick the ball, or if they kick a goal, I think it's $1,061. If they miss that, they get to go again from 30 metres out just for $61 um, as part of some sponsorship with, I think they're called Kick 61. So um, yeah, the Western United fan missed the first one. I th- the thing as well, they use like a Western United fan ball, it's not an A-League ball, and the reports I've heard from people that have uh, participated in this before, they don't actually pump it up all the way. So it's a little bit rigged, just another bit of you know, falsification of Western United Football Club. No surprises, really. But anyway, this fan kicks the goal from 30 metres out, runs over to the active support and does a sue. Um, it's been filmed and put onto TikTok and it's doing some pretty big numbers at the moment, which is good. Um, but yeah, definitely peak A-League there. Now, just on that as well, uh, Western United does play another home game on Friday night at Amy Park against Perth Glory. And as many of you would know, I'm a Western United supporter. And so what I want you all to do right now, pause it, take, go onto your Twitter, whatever, tag Western United and tell them to put me on this kick on Friday night. You know what? I back myself in. 60 meters is not that far. I will be practicing all week just in case I get the call up. Uh, and if I do get through and I do get that goal, not only will I be putting in an even bigger and better celebration than the one we saw on Saturday. I'll be giving 200 of the dollars away to one of you that tagged them and got me into it. So please, as many times as it takes, get onto Western United throughout this week and get me on that kick because I am 95% sure of myself to kick that goal. Um, Moving on though, there's a couple bigger moments uh, from PK League this week as well. Um, Saturday night, the late game, Perth Glory versus Adelaide, they did really well with the crowd. I think it was just under 18,000 people there. They had their hashtag fill the park uh, promotion going on again this week. But, you know, a, a large portion of that crowd was definitely only there to see Daniel Sturridge. Uh, 
and those Euro snobs got to see him play about five minutes of football. I heard he got four touches in that in that time as well. So I hope they all enjoy their night at the A-League, but definitely not what they bought their tickets for. Uh, so bad luck. And finally, obviously another very, very big one this weekend, Paramount Plus, their first weekend of A-League football. They kind of really shit the bed. Yeah, if we're honest, and um, I'm not, you know, these things will be sorted out in the next few weeks. But just how do you not have a rewind button on the stream? You know, apparently it was only streaming at 720. Um, the frame rate was messed up. There were some really big glitches with West United Melbourne victory. Only three of the 12 cameras they brought were working. Apparently, obviously, again, I didn't see that any of that broadcast. But um, yeah, look, things picked up a little bit yesterday. The broadcast was better on Sunday, so hopefully, it's just a bit, you know, a bit of opening. Uh, problems are gonna gonna be able to work through, but yeah, they had a fair bit of time to get it right and get prepared. They had some you know early tests with the Socceroos games, and they still yeah really really didn't do themselves any justice this weekend. And it's a shame because they put so much time into promotion of it, uh, and it, it wasn't what we were hoping for. But we we'll give them a couple of weeks before we really judge them. Those are the peak league moments of this week. If I missed out on one. I'm sorry, I'm sure we'll get to it in the future. But moving on, I'm going to quickly brush through uh, the weekend's games. Obviously, we already know the results, so I'm not going to spend too much time harping on about it. Melbourne City started off the only tip I actually got right this week, and they beat Brisbane Roar 2-1 in front of a 7,000 crowd. A little bit disappointing, but you know we're just getting back to live sport in Melbourne. I'm sure they'll bring more people to future games. Um, one of the big talking points out of that for me, Jamie McLaren missed an absolute sitter and really tanked my fantasy uh, score for the week because I had him as captain. But nonetheless, uh, a good win from them. It wasn't ultra convincing. They almost let Brisbane equalize late with an offside call that was very tight, but probably was offside. Uh, moving on to Saturday, we had to wait till 7.45 to then see three games, which was pretty hectic. I wouldn't mind seeing one of those converted into a five o'clock rather than having two on Saturday night, to be honest. Um, but yeah, the game between Melbourne Victory and West United was super defensive. There was a couple of good chances for both sides, but not a lot. But it was Melbourne Victory found the breakthrough through Miranda. Then you sent her back. He had the armband on for the night. And uh, it was a very good header. It wasn't really being marked at the time, which was yeah, frustrating for me over in the Western United Bays. But um, yeah, I, th- I thought my biggest takeaway from that game is that Melbourne Victory are going to be very, very scary this season. They also they didn't have Josh Blante and Matthew Spronovic in the squad at all. Marco Rojas and Margiotto on limited minutes. Uh, and Robbie Cruz is still yet to make any appearances so far this season. So uh, there's a lot to come back for them. Yeah, add to that the fact they're going to have a couple of thousand in the active bays every single week. It is not going to be a nice place to go and play away this season. And, and they normally bring pretty well, uh, bring a pretty good amount of support to away games as well. So yeah, they have been talking a lot over the preseason and they ac- they absolutely delivered on Saturday night. Also, on that Saturday night, 7.45 time slot was the Sydney Derby. It was nil all. Obviously, I didn't get to see any of the game. Not a lot to take away from it. Both of those two sides are in my top six, and I've really got no idea what to expect for them in the coming weeks now. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on those two teams. Um, and then the late game, one all between Perth and Adelaide. Um, disappointing for Perth. Obviously, now they're going to be on the road for a while, and they really did need to start well with three points. Um, a great goal from Bruno Fornaroli. It was also good to see Yangi score, as you know we've touched on. He's one of the only sort of young Australian strikers being given a chance as a first-team player this season in the A-League. So hopefully he can continue to score those goals this season. It wasn't anything crazy, but a goal is a goal. And um, uh, yeah, that was another decent game. Um, moving on to the Sunday games, uh, Central Coast. I've had them 11th and 
predicted Newcastle to beat them 3-0, and they proved me wrong. They went up 2-0 before Yule put in a late one. But um, we questioned last week, where are the goals going to come from? Uh, and Nisbet scored one. Urena almost got one as well, and he got an assist too. Those are the guys at the moment that I'm excited by at the Mariners. Also, that midfield of Bazanich uh, and as well as Goddard had a really impressive debut for the Mariners. So um, they might be a little bit better than I originally thought. I'm not sure exactly where they're going to end up still. Um, still don't think they'll be a final side, but they've definitely looked more promising than what I thought they would be. Uh, also, Penna had another great game, almost scored a couple of really, really nice goals. So he's one to look out for for the Jets in the coming weeks, but uh, couldn't do enough to get them the result in the big F3 derby. Following on from that, the double header uh, in front of probably about 50 people. MacArthur, yeah, really went from bad to worse for them. Obviously, we spoke about earlier not being able to play at home. Uh, the, the bad weather would have deterred away any of those other Mac- MacArthur fans that were thinking about making the trip, probably. Um, they gave away an early penalty put away by Hooper. And then Lockie Rose scored a decent goal in the second half. So it was good to see him scoring as well, another young Aussie. Um, but my biggest concern for MacArthur is really the system that they're playing with through Ante Milicic at the moment. Like Someone like Ulysses de Villa is so creative and stuff. And the way that they play is so dull. I don't know if they're really going to get the most out of him. Um, so it will be interesting to see in the coming weeks. So they've got so much talent throughout that team. Obviously, you're going to add in Tommy Juric as well. And I just worry that um, they won't be able to get the best out of a marquee signing like it was his Villa. So it'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks. We move on to this week's games. Friday night at Amy Park. It's Western United taking on Perth Glory. Uh, just coming in uh, a few moments ago from when I was recording this. Brandon O'Neill will miss that game. So that's a big exclusion for Perth. I am tipping Western United to go 1-0. In this game, obviously the real attraction is going to be the halftime show when I score that goal from halfway. But I think, obviously, Western United, they're, they're trying to play attacking football. I honestly like the way they played on uh, Saturday night against Victory despite a loss. John Aloisi was in very good spirits about it. Um, but I still think they're very strong defensively. Obviously, conceding that corner, um, the only like they, they weren't really threatened too much on other occasions. So I feel pretty confident going into this game as a Western United fan that they will get the job done. I'm going 1-0 as, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm unconvinced yet about their ability to finish. I mean, there was a couple of decent chances. Steven Lustica should have buried one uh, in the second half and just kind of put it straight at the keeper. So hopefully Rene Crin is in this week. As I said last week, Lustica is giving me headaches to watch. The rest of the team, though, I, I like, and I think, I think it's going to be another really tight game, but I'm going with 1-0 to Western United, starting their season off with a win. Um... Wellington Phoenix at Wynn Stadium taking on the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, a good start for the Mariners last week, and I think it will continue. They'll probably bring more fans than what Wellington have. It'll be interesting to see whether or not um, they get any Wollongong fans coming. Obviously, they had the Mexican fans last year who won't be coming to support them this season. Uh, I'm tipping another 1-0 result this time for the Mariners. Uh, just too hard to really pick how these games are going to go at the moment, but I think Central Coast impressed me a lot more than what Wellington did. They only scored through a penalty. Uh, and didn't look too threatening other than that, the Phoenix. So I think, despite it being a home game, it's pretty much an away game again, obviously. And I think Central Coast will get the job done there. Um, Sydney versus MacArthur. This is going to be a really interesting game. Sydney, we didn't see do anything too exciting on Saturday. MacArthur, again, really unconvincing on Sunday. So I'm tipping Sydney to win this 3-0. Um, you've got Bobo, Lafondra, you know, these guys are going to be able to make the difference against that defensive. I, I don't mind it, but I think, I don't know, I think Tommy Uzcox is the real weak point there. Um, and yeah, Philip Curto looked okay in his opening game. 
for MacArthur, but I still think Sydney are going to be far too good for MacArthur. Um, there's a real difference. I think Sydney's a top two side. MacArthur's just a middle table, really. So, um, yeah, 3-0 for me in that one. Adelaide United taking on Melbourne City. Excited for this game because it seems like Melbourne City's bringing a lot of away fans, and it's always good to watch that. Uh, I'm tipping City to win 2-0. They look pretty good on the weekend. Adelaide looked okay, but, um, yeah, I think City are just going to be far too good. Jamie McLaren, I'm backing him in to get on the score sheet. I'm going to keep the captaincy on him in fantasy for another week and hopefully he can repay the faith. Uh, on a Sunday afternoon, it's Melbourne Victory having their first home game of the season against Brisbane Raw. Expect a nice big crowd at this one of at least 10,000. City got 7,000 to the same fixture. Uh, there was 8,000 at Western United, Melbourne Victory. Probably about 5,000 of that was Victory fans. Um, and that was over in Geelong. So I think... Hopefully a nice Sunday afternoon. I think it's going to be a nice day in Melbourne. They'll bring a very big crowd after a win. Uh, and I'm tipping them to go 2-0 this season. Uh, and tipping them to win 2-0 against Brisbane. They had a decent game. Like They put in a good fight against City. But I just, I don't know. I, like I said, it's going to be very intimidating for teams to play the victory this season. Uh, and I think um, two trips to Melbourne in a row is going to be a bit tough on Brisbane. So I'm tipping victory 2-0 to round out the week. It's Western Sydney Wanderers taking on the Newcastle Jets at Combank Stadium again. Uh, and I'm going the Wanderers to win it 2-1. I think we'll see some goals in this match. Um, partially because of the Jets' defense. I, you know, I was excited about what they had going there um, before last week. And, you know, Matt Yerman was the one that really worried me. He had a really poor game against Central Coast. Um, was fully at fault for that first goal. And, and yeah, I think because of that defense, Duncan in goal, obviously, a worry as well. The Jets will be able to find a couple of goals. Uh, so the, the the Wanderers will be able to find a couple of goals, and I think the Jets will get one somewhere as well. I'm backing Penner in to score this week. Um, so those are all the results from, or those are all my predictions from round two. Hopefully we can get a bit better than last week, just the one for me last week. But to add to these round two matches, we've also got an FFA Cup game during the week between Perth Glory and Melbourne Victory. Uh, it's a playoff game to get into the round of 32 and it's going to be played in Adelaide because of the border issues. Obviously, it's taken so long to get this fixture organized and finally uh, ready to ready to be played. So, Perth Glory have got a game just two days later against Mel- against Western United in Melbourne. So, um, Richard Garcia has spoken to the fact they're going to be playing a lot of youth and giving some other players an opportunity. And I expect Popovich to do the same, to be honest. I think he touched, it on, touched on it a little bit in his press conference on Saturday night. We're going to be seeing pretty much two reserve teams going at it. So, um, it proves to be... Uh, a, pr- a pretty good game. Uh, obviously, a neutral venue. The crowd's going to be very, very small. I'm going to tip Perth Glory to win 2-1. Um, but I'm really unsure at, at this point, to be honest. It's pretty much just a guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it depends how inexperienced these sides go. But the winner will play Adelaide City in the Cup round of 32 very soon as well. I think, they, I think they're just trying to get those games out as quickly as possible. The other things I wanted to cover in this episode was active support. Uh, and honestly, it's been a really, really promising opening week for active support in the A-League this season. Um, the rules came in uh, on Thursday, I think, for Melbourne. That was going to be 90% double-dose restrictions, which meant active support could happen. Uh, and it went pretty quickly from, especially Melbourne Victory, saying we're not going to be having an active to we're going to be packing out the Sporting Globe and we're going to be having a proper march. They had a police escort and everything. Uh, and, and it was awesome. I mean, Victories was definitely the biggest. There were some shots of that bay. They, they took two, maybe two and a half bays 
in Geelong just for the active section. It was a really, really good sight. Um, to be honest, when Western United conceded that goal, I was pretty much just looking over there and admiring it rather than being upset about the goal. But um, yeah, uh, Western United had a, had a decent turnout, to be honest, by our standards on Saturday as well in the active. Uh, Melbourne City's was pretty good. Uh, and then, you know, the Perth shed was, was packed out, obviously. I think they're a bit underrated probably because you don't really see it on TV much, but they've got a pretty good active going on there. And then Newcastle's, it's obviously quite small in numbers, but they uh, they still were pretty loud. Central Coast, they got everyone involved um, in chanting and stuff in that away bay too. So that was really good to see. Obviously, kind of null and void with MacArthur's games. There was nobody there. The bullpen did not show up. Um, and, and I don't really blame them. But uh, Sydney Derby looked great. Both ends of fans. There was 23,000 people there, which was really, really good. The RBB had packed out a couple of bays. The shots pre-game were awesome. I mean... There was one from like up on the roof or something outside of the stadium and there was just, you know, a sea of red and black. It really looked great. And it seems like the FFA or sorry, the APL is ready to welcome active support back into the game. I think that we've got the right people in charge now that we could actually really see something good happen with active support. And I'm really excited to see where it heads this season. It was a very, very promising opening week um, for everyone. I mean, you know, last season was just terrible, uh, especially for us in Melbourne, the COVID restrictions up until I think like April, um, we were pretty much told to just sit down and shut up at the games. And it's just creates a completely different experience, you know, getting um, hundreds, thousands of fans chanting and singing. It's, it's a lot more fun, a lot more engaging. I know that the players love it as well. So yeah, really, really good signs on that in the opening week of the A-League. And one of the big talking points uh, after some round one derbies, we saw the Sydney derby and the F3 derby, and whether you like it or not, West United versus Melbourne Victory, it sort of has to be treated as a derby in this regard, because you've got two sets of fans coming out to the games. I, I don't refer to it as a derby myself, okay, before you jump on my back, but either way, three of those bigger, bigger sort of fixtures were placed in round one, and there was a lot of complaints, especially because the Sydney derby ended nil all, fans saying, you know, derby shouldn't be put in round one, and they should be saved for later in the season, and it's definitely an interesting discussion I think you sort of have to weigh it up because yeah sure if you wait a few weeks you might get a better quality game but also if you wait a few weeks a lot of that opening season hype has died down quite a bit and you know 23,000 at Bank West or Combank sure it's not what we got a few seasons ago but for for nowadays in A-League that's honestly pretty solid numbers and I think if you host that game in four to six weeks you probably get you know five thousand or so less than that because you know what if one of the teams is going really poorly and it's going to be, you know, a lot less likely for people to come in such big numbers. So I'm probably more on the side of get those derbies in early. I would like to see a Melbourne derby round one as well, to be honest. They, you know, they used to do it sometimes um, or they'd have the big blue in round one and that sort of thing. And it's always good to start the season off with some big games. You know, you don't want to just start it off with the average games where there's no hate between the supporters. It's great to see big rivalries early on. Um, so that's where I stand on that. And I'd love to hear everyone else's perspective on it as well. Uh, it's probably a little bit of a shorter episode today than what I was anticipating. We're just around 20 minutes at the moment, but I don't know. I've gone through everything I wanted to get through. Um, the other thing I wanted to get on as well was that it was so great to have Simon Hill back in the commentary box. He did the Melbourne City-Brisbane game, and then he did the Sydney derby as well, and it's just such a lovely voice to hear. And I hate to be the one to say it, but it was so refreshing to not hear Brenton Speed calling the games. I mean, he's just... Leave him for the AFL, you know. We don't need him and his Americanized commentary in the A-League. I thought the new guys were pretty good. I, you know, I was really happy with how all the games sounded. And I think, um, yeah, Channel 10 have done a good job. They've picked the right team. 
Um, there's a lot of panelists. It's so great to have pre-season, sorry, to have pre-game uh, shows as well. I think two games get 40 minutes, the rest get a 20-minute coverage. I mean, Fox last year was giving us basically nothing at all for some of the games. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see they put a bit more time and effort in. Yeah, there were some bugs, but I'm sure it will improve soon. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Enjoy the football this weekend, and I'll see you all next week.